So good evening, everyone. I'm so very happy to be with you all tonight as we um, get into the heart of this discourse. We're studying together the discourse on the eight realizations of the great beings. And the first, first realization is the awareness that the world is impermanent. Political regimes are subject to fall. Things composed of the four elements are empty, containing within them the seeds of suffering. Human beings are composed of five aggregates and are without a separate self. They're always in the process of change, constantly being born and constantly dying. They're empty of self and without a separate existence. The mind is the source of all confusion and the body the forest of all unwholesome actions. Meditating on this, you can be released from the round of birth and death. And I, I said last week uh, when John and I offered the introduction to this practice period, the whole of the Dharma is contained in this discourse and this first realization is rich in Buddha Dharma. So let's see how. The first thing is we have to hold each realization in full awareness of the introduction. Let's see who memorized it. <laughs> Wholeheartedly, day and night, disciples of the awakened one should recite and meditate on this realization the awareness that the world is impermanent. So let's break it down. The Pali word anika is the word that we translate impermanent. It's a teaching that asserts that all of conditioned existence all of conditioned existence, that's all of existence, without exception, is transient, evanescent, and inconstant. And evanescent is transitory. So all existence, without exception, is transient, transitory, and inconstant. Throughout the sutras, the Buddha says, that we should recognize and directly experience impermanence. To incorporate awareness of impermanence into our daily life. And what is the principle of impermanence? That whatever arises, passes away. Everything is arising and passing away. And impermanence is not an idea. It's not a concept. 
Impermanence is an experience, a lived experience. So it's not enough to understand impermanence conceptually or intellectually. The Buddhist words are not knowledges to learn, collect, and catalog. They are teachings to internalize and realize. So we're invited to see, hear, touch, taste, and smell impermanence in our daily life. So how, how do we observe and experience and actualize this realization of impermanence? This discourse tells us, this first realization tells us. And the first is the awareness that political regimes are subject to fall. So that's good news and bad news. Political regimes are subject to fall. So political regimes we don't like fall. Yay. But political regimes we do like also fall. You know, for the past four years, I believed that all I needed in order to feel happy and safe was for the political regime I didn't like to fall. And I, I'd, I'd ref, I've known this discourse a long time. I'd reflect on and take refuge in this realization. And I must admit, I do feel more ease since the regime change. And all the warring factors and factions are still at play. And now this, there's this whole new group of people who are deeply unhappy and can't wait for the political regime to fall again. And whether they know it or not, they're taking refuge in this sutra. History is littered with political regimes, empires, entire civilizations that have fallen in the historical, temporal, material dimension these empires and civilizations arise and fall, come and go. Reality, our shared reality, is just something we make up and agree to. Civilizations and political regimes, at their core, are contrived ideas about how human beings should live together and get along. They're deliberately created. They're projections. They're artificial and illusory. And people make them into our shared reality. We experience them as this is just how things are. But it's not how things have always been. Countries, borders, language. We're making all that up as we go. And they arise, and they're here for a while, and they fall away. They crumble, and we call their remnants ruins. Just the word ruins decries impermanence. It implies disintegration. That's what a ruin is, 
something that's disintegrating. Political regimes rise and fall like everything else. Things composed of the four elements are empty, containing within them the seeds of suffering. And what are these elements? Earth, water, fire, air. In ancient times, the four elements were used to explain the nature and complexity of all matter in terms of simpler substances. So what's composed of these four elements? Everything. I am, you are, all matter. Now science has learned that the earth, water, and air elements are actually made of more than 110 different chemical elements or atoms in various combinations. The air in the Earth's atmosphere alone is made up of approximately 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, and then it has lots of smaller other amounts of other gases like uh, carbon dioxide and neon and hydrogen. So things, things composed of the four elements are empty. Empty of what? Thich Nhat Hanh's new, new translation of the Heart Sutra tells us, em empty of separate self-entities. These four elements don't exist independently. They are interdependent. And don't take my word for it. Practice with these elements yourself. You know, reading this discourse, attending this practice period, listening to the Dharma talks, memorizing the discourse or its core themes, those are all good things. And they invite us into something deeper. For us to study, study these themes yourself. Study them for yourself. Meditate on them. Internalize them. And a little bit later, we'll contemplate the elements together. So human beings are composed of five aggregates and are without a separate self. They are empty of self and without a separate existence. Saying human beings are without a separate, separate self is the same as saying they're empty. The same as saying human beings inter-are or inter-be, as Tay would say. And it's in the coming together that these five aggregates create the illusion of a solid or separate continuum. It's just an illusion. These five aggregates are just as empty as the four elements. That means they inter-are with everything else. They are empty of separate self-entities. 
So what are these five aggregates that come together to give the illusion of me? Form, feelings, perceptions, mental formations, and consciousness. And I would so love to look deeply into and explore each of the five aggregates or skandhas or heaps as they are sometimes called. But here's another opportunity for you to study. You know, Google the five skandhas. Read Tay's book, The Heart of Understanding. It's about the Heart Sutra. Not sure if you can see that. Or read Tay's book, The Heart of the Buddha's Teaching. <laughs> I'll, I'll put the names in the chat later. I realize you can't see very well the glare. These are books that should be in your library, especially this one, The Heart of the Buddha's Teaching. I refer to this constantly. But suffice it to say that when conditions are right, form, feelings, perceptions, mental formations, and consciousness come together. And we each think of that coming together as a solid continuum called me. When conditions are right, these five aggregates are heaped together and I experience them as a self, as myself. And the discourse tells us that's just an illusion, a delusion. And we have to grasp on an, on an experiential level, not just an intellectual level, How? How are these an expression of non-self? The only way I know is, is the guidance of the sutra, which is to meditate on them day and night. <laughs> to bring them to mind as often as possible, to see impermanence right before our eyes. The discourse goes on about human beings, that human beings are always in the process of change, constantly being bored and, and constantly dying. One of my Sangha members asked when we read this last week, so is all this stuff about the endless cycle of birth and death, does that mean reincarnation? And personally, I don't know about reincarnation. But I knew, do know that this moment is born and it's immediately replaced by another moment. To the last moment die. I also know that one thought or feeling or emotion arises, is there for a time and then dissipates and is replaced by another thought, feeling or emotion. I also know 
that the universe has been running the perfect recycling program for, we think, about 13 billion years. Every element in the universe resulted from the Big Bang and then the subsequent formation of stars, followed by their destruction. And since then, everything we know of is made of other things, other elements, other molecules, forming, dissolving, and reforming. The very definition of non-self, made of, of non-self elements. Mike, Mike is made of non-self elements. You're made of non-self elements. And the discourse teaches us, it invites us to meditate on these non-me elements of, wor of earth, water, fire, air, and form, feelings, perceptions, mental formations, and consciousness. To meditate on this truth that human beings are always in a state of change. At the molecular level, we are atoms and combinations of atoms, evolving and changing moment by moment, less than a moment by less than a moment. You know, we are dust, and to dust we shall return. Our cells are are dying and sloughing off everywhere, constantly, all the time. And the universe is excellent at recycling. Nothing gets wasted. Nothing is lost. My scientists out there will tell you, including energy, the fire element, nothing is lost. As, they, as, as beings and things and gases form and reform. We're the stuff of stars, form, forming and reforming. And that creates an illusion of birth and death. Yeah, I, I, I always love the, the stuff about human beings, that literally none of the stuff we were made of at birth is part of us anymore. <laughs> All the cells in our body are recycled and replaced every every seven years or so. So, as I was kind of meditating on this week, I went, oh, by 30, you've sloughed off four humans. By 50, seven humans. By 80, 11 and, and so all we have is this kind of the thing that's consistent there is we think this is us, this body. But what really is consistent there is our memories. And we know how undependable they can be. It's amazing. We're, we're literally breathing each other's exhalations. The author Bill Bryson, one of my favorite authors, in one of his books, he talks about how we're, we're breathing the atoms and molecules breathed by the Buddha and Jesus and Julius Caesar and Genghis Khan. 
We're also breathing the breaths of every person. The slaves, the plebeian caste, not, not only all the, 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 the leaders and thought big thinkers, but just the average everyday people. We're breathing the breaths of every person and every animal that ever lived. We're breathing the breaths of dinosaurs. And we absolutely interbe with everything and everyone. So, so what about uh, what about feelings, perceptions, and mental formations? Feelings are sensations, pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. Sensations are constantly arising, persisting for a while, and then dissipating. They're immediately replaced by another sensation. And we identify with these sensations and the emotions that give rise to the sensations. We make the emotions solid. We make them me. I am angry. I am unhappy. I am sad. I am happy. The first discourse I, I put to memory was the discourse on knowing the better way to live alone. And in that discourse, the Buddha tells us to practice like this. This body is not me. I am not this body. This feeling is not me. I am not this feeling. This perception is not me. I am not this perception. This mental factor is not me. I'm not this mental factor. This consciousness is not me. I am not this consciousness. What are those? Those are the five skandhas. This discourse tells us these five skandhas are not me, are not you. They are an illusion. Sensations come and go. Emotions come and go. Perceptions arise and fall away. Our mental formations, our thoughts come and go. Our conscious awareness is one moment on this and the next moment on that, constantly changing, just as the discourse says. And it invites us to meditate day and night. So what does that mean and how do we do that? So I would like to just lead us in a guided meditation. To, to me, the most important thing that we could do tonight is demonstrate what the sutra invites us to do. So if you want to take a little stretch, and kind of reseat yourself.
settle. Find your equilibrium. Close your eyes. And we're now bringing our awareness to this breath in and out. The air element flowing into and out of our body with each breath. Aware also of the fire element in the warmth of each breath as it leaves the nostrils. Breathing in, holding the breath, aware of the exchange of oxygen in the lungs, breathing out carbon dioxide. Aware that we're breathing one another's out breaths. We share the same air. Aware that we're breathing the out breaths of plants and trees and the oceans. Aware that we're breathing with every breathing being. Including ancestors, animal ancestors, human ancestors, plant ancestors. They've all come and gone in this continuous recycling of elements and molecules forming, dissolving and reforming. And now the air element in and around us, cool and warm, or cool or warm, <laughs> as it might be, feeling the air element as it fills the lungs and licks the skin. Aware now of this body, the aggregate of form. Aware of the earth element in this body, the earth elements in this body, calcium in the bones and tissues in the organ. Sensing the weight and composition of the body, the earth element. Aware now of the meal, which we most recently filled, with which we most recently filled our stomach. Aware that the meal no longer is the body at work, digesting the solid and liquid elements we ate, mixing them with fluids, acids and enzymes, water and other earth elements in the stomach, the body recycling the meal into energy and waste. The body is sloughing off and excreting hundreds of thousands of dead cells, 
moments ago, these cells were alive as part of this, this body, but already they're apart from the body. I notice pleasant, unpleasant and neutral sensations in the body and in the mind. And yet these sensations and feelings are not me. These very thoughts, perceptions and mental formations and this very awareness of thought, perceptions and mental formations are not me. I'm aware that there's something more. Aware of a not knowing. Aware that there's something more is true. And now resting in just open hearted awareness. Just this moment. Impermanent and now replaced by another moment. Bring awareness to awareness itself, just sitting in awareness. There's only this, just this open and spacious. Okay. So in conclusion, we live in the world. We have lives and family and circumstances. We have relationships and jobs and roles and responsibilities. And despite its illusory, contrived, impermanent nature, this world is our agreed upon shared reality. In the temporal dimension of time and space, this world absolutely feels real. And there's something more. As our practice deepens, we touch the other shore that we read about in the Heart Sutra. We get glimpse after glimpse of the other shore. And we learn through our practice to transcend the temporal for release, release into the ultimate beyond space and time. We can touch it in any moment. We touch the impermanent illusory nature of the temporal dimension, while at the same time we touch the liberation available in the ultimate realm, beyond space and time, before space and time. We can hold both at once because they are in fact not separate. The other shore and this shore are right here and right now. The other shore is this shore. They are one and yet not one. They are two and yet not to. Hmm. So right now, let's just recite the first realization. You can repeat after me. 
The first realization is the awareness that the world is impermanent. The first realization is the awareness that the world is impermanent. Thank you.